time as any. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Hello, and welcome to episode number 12 of the FlynnMcLaughlin.com podcast. My name is Flynn McLaughlin, and I'm here with my friend and the first returning guest outside of Zach Witt, Mr. Adesham Khalil. So, Hello. There How, he is. How's everybody? I heard my vinyl cast was received very well, so I thought oh, yes. I'd come back for another one. One of the one of the most played episodes, actually. That is, that is a wow. fact. Not that many plays, because I don't have a huge fan base, but... It still is one of the most played episodes. I don't remember what it is off the top of We're going to top it. I I think we will. I think we will, because this one is a good one. And it's also probably, and when I say probably, I mean definitely going to be a two-part episode, but it might be a three-part episode. So I'm just going to put it as a multi-parter, and we'll go from there. There's so much to talk about. There's a lot. Um, So this one, I guess, is going to be like the label cast or something. I don't really... I mean that works. Um, <laughs> but I love the artwork Zach did for it. It looks good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gave him no inspiration for that. So shout out to Zach Whip. He's done the artwork for all of my episodes, and it's always very solid. So shout out to that. Um, and yeah, I mean he did this one as well. So you'll you'll get to see that whenever this probably tomorrow whenever this comes out. So tomorrow being oh, yeah. Wednesday, March eleventh, for all those who are listening later. <clears throat> Um, 2020? Yeah, in 2020. Uh, Another thing to note is that the FullMcLaughlin.com podcast is now going to be released uh, on Wednesday rather than Monday. So... uh, Pump day? Yeah. We uh, decided to spring forward here at the FullMcLaughlin.com podcast and... uh, it's it's a whole a whole different time, mostly because I don't really have time to do these last minute like I have been. Um, so mm-hmm. I need that extra couple of days to to save myself. So yep, um, Wednesdays every other week. I'm gonna keep that up as usual, and that means that this episode is technically on time because the due date changed. <laughs> so take that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this one is about labels. This is about record labels. Uh, the music industry as a an entity, um, a machine. A machine. Edisham is a fan of music. That is his expertise here. But he's also a fan of hip hop, which I will get into in a little bit. Uh, I feel like we have. Yeah, that's one thing about yeah. being a fan of hip hop. You can't not be a fan, or you can't be a fan and not know about the industry and contracts at least some of it you know like it's it's just so genre like it yeah it's so talked about so like contentious like it it, it's almost like Mm -hmm. sports in a way like people want to know who's with who and like who's the best on which like it's yeah it's we'll get into that in a little bit yeah um but yeah i guess i'll just start this out and we'll we'll go from there so When an artist finds themselves trying to get their art into the world, it can often be a daunting task. There are now more ways than ever to do it, and it is even theoretically possible to become a world-renowned artist entirely through your own determination and interpersonal skills. That being said, most of the time, in order for an artist to find distribution outside of their own niche local musical scene, uh, they'll need some help. And this is where record labels and the music industry uh, come into play. Uh, This is... A pretty complicated topic, as I kind of said, <clears throat> because I realized while I was writing this that I might have to do more than one episode in order to like really get into anything, um, and I just kind of want to use this a, episode. a good basis. Yeah, like, the exactly. Free the label. A good basis is just this thing: a right. record label. So yeah, I just want to explain. Two main jobs, right? Mm-hmm. 
promotion and distribution. Exactly. That's so, it. But they, but it's very broad. Those two things. They do a lot of other stuff now, especially like when it first started. It really was just about that those two things, but it's definitely expanded now, and their role has become so important and essential, really, um, in the the broader conversation about music that you kind of mm-hmm. can't just do a 45 minute episode and call it quits so um yeah so this is going to be a pretty good candidate for my uh first multi-parter so my first true multi-parter the birdcast doesn't really count although next episode coming soon birdcast part two so um yeah but let's see there are a lot of music labels out there that are in name Hmm? podcast what were you say? I said it's the Chernobyl podcast. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are a lot of music labels out there in name, but in reality, it's all kind of uh, it's all kind of just part of three larger music and media conglomerates uh, that you've probably heard of a number of times before, um, for one reason or another, be it music or one of the other things. <clears throat> the there are some truly independent record labels that exist. And there are probably more now than ever, like I said, uh, just because it's a lot easier to get the technology to do this kind of stuff because it's just cheaper now. Uh, But in order to become an international multimillionaire superstar recording artist, you are probably going to need, uh, at least in terms of the distribution and promotion, you're really definitely going to need the help of these corporations um, in some sense or another. Right. Like you're going to need it not even necessarily just for your production but like in order to distribute it internationally you're going to need help pretty much no matter what <clears throat> um i would argue for like the first 100 years of music let's say 1900 to 2000 mm. you really 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 needed like help with promotion and distribution mm-hmm. unless you had a uh, a cd factory Right or we're ahead of a marketing team. You like you can't you can you can put up amazing music, but no one's gonna hear it right. or buy it Cause unless you're like just distributing it to people outside of your your you know right. your Big market stage. or whatever. Yeah, but it's it's not gonna yeah you're not gonna be able to get that broad reach, and you're not gonna be able to get it's just the I mean yeah even I mean working out international like shipping stuff like how are you gonna do that as just a dude from Denver, you know, yeah, as I mean? a person, right? Like, it's just not going to work. <laughs> like, you need help, um, in some sense, from someone who knows more, and these record labels uh, do, uh, and have right. kind of always been around to do that, but they haven't always been quite as predatory. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, my real motivation for doing this episode episodes uh, was to shed some light on the structure of music. Uh, the music industry and music distribution in general. Uh, admittedly, I don't really know a whole lot beyond what you can read yourself in interviews and from articles and stuff. Um, but it's something that I have been paying attention to for as long as I've really been listening to music. Um, even before I like really was a huge fan of anybody, that's still something I kind of just was aware of. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm slightly, at least a little bit more qualified in this episode than usual. So shout out to that um (laughs) either way there's a lot of articles that have come out especially recently um that are about like particularly about controversies within the music industry relating to these big labels um with things like streaming and things like 
the Me Too movement and stuff like that. Like, there's just been a lot of articles about the abuses that these labels have been yeah, doing. Do you remember the first time you heard about a record label or, or uh, company like abusing their artist? Like the first time? I can't remember the first time, really. But I, I think uh, the only, biggest one that I really... Little, yeah. I mean, I, I remember... I mean, Dr. Luke and Kesha is obviously huge. Um, right, but, right. And that's when I think a lot of people started paying attention to this kind of thing. But, I mean... I mean, that's, yeah. I've always had that thing in my head that uh, that one tribe called Quest. I don't know what song it was, but that one lyric that they were like, "Record company people are shade." Mm. Just the one lyric, and I've like I've always heard that as a kid and been like, oh, "Okay, how shady how?" Right. And then it's like, "Oh, okay, shady like this." Right, and I mean, every rapper talks about it. It's such a commonplace thing that mm-hmm, you hear mm-hmm. that it just kind of becomes part of the 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 musical landscape, so to speak. Um, yeah, and it's. I mean, it, it, it stops really being distressing because everyone's talking about it, and it just kind of becomes like, oh uh, well, I guess labels just suck, huh? But like, right, I mean, they don't one. have to suck necessarily. They aren't inherently evil, um, and they, it's interesting to see why uh, they have so much power in the current day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what this episode's about, I guess. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to try and give at least a little bit of background about the big three, and Eddie and I are going to talk about a few stories and controversies that have come up recently relating to the music industry. Um, so that's kind of where we're going with this one. Um, all right, yeah, so anything you want to say on that intro before we we, we get all into it? <clears throat> yeah, we're going to dish a lot of hot labels gossip and info oh yeah we're about to truly expose the well something i guess um i feel like people who are like artists could listen to this podcast and not even hire a lawyer for their contracts i'm not going to take it that far but maybe maybe that's how good we're going to do this i yeah we'll see how much we know maybe in the next part because this one is going to be uh not as as thorough as that i don't think (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. Hey, not right now. Maybe Eddie's got some secret knowledge I'm not sure about here. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been around. That's true. I mean, you are a paralegal, so hey, man. You, you know, you know hey. the law. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as I said before, Ed Sham and I are fans of hip hop slash rap slash whatever you want to call it. Uh, and in hip hop, I feel like discussions about uh, deals and labels are in a way ingrained in the history of the genre in a pretty unique way. Um, Like I've said before already, a lot of rappers talk pretty openly about signing to certain labels and people are arguing all the time about who the best person on a particular label is or who the new people on a certain label are and it's always a topic of discussion. Um, So while this may happen in more niche fan bases of different genres, I mean I'm sure that there are some people sitting there talking about who just signed a sub pop and whatever, um, but it's pretty much the primary source of news for like at least 75% of hip hop like news stories like in news websites um like that's just the the news of the day <clears throat> um and that may be because a large number of mainstream rap artists have either quit the game entirely uh in order to become executives of their own labels or at the very least opened up their own sub labels in addition to their existing careers um 
and I mean this like everyone. Being, I think like Rock Nation, right? Right. I mean, everyone has an album. I guess I, I, I was label now. <clears throat> it's like Rock yeah. Nation started that kind of shit, but like. I mean, you have Kanye West, good music. You got Travis Scott with Cactus Jack Records. You got yeah. Futures, the Free first Bands. One, maybe Death Row Records, right? Right. I mean, Death Row maybe first. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that may be. That's like 90s. And maybe like Big Boy or Bad Boy. I don't know. Bad I mean, Boy right around the same time, yeah. Yeah. So well, I don't, it's, is Bad Boy, would that count since P. Diddy was like not a rapper? Yeah, I mean, he was rap adjacent, so I think he'd count. Yeah, rap Yeah, he's part of the in the rap game, and then he he left that sort of, or not left it necessarily, but he you know moved on to become an executive within it. Um, So I think it's just a thing that you notice within rap more so than other. And I mean, maybe it does happen with others, but like they're not like the the stars that drop out to like they're not Jay Z like making title. Right. (laughs) Like it's you know it's just like crazy (laughs) shit like that that happens in rap. Yeah, um, and like I mean, I'm thinking like, why do you think they do this? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just there has been a lot of abuse um, of, of black artists by these labels in the past, um, and so I think that there's a sense of freedom that comes from creating your own label and doing something separate from the main corporation that has been, you know, yeah. racist and horrible in their entire existence, <clears throat> but. The problem is that these are basically just little sub labels, so like it's not like you really yeah. you don't get as much freedom as you might want. Like it's not like you're truly you independent. Less. Um. So I don't know. What do you think? I don't. What, what's what are your what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a on paper, like you said, it's a great idea mm-hmm. because it really is coming from people who are like, well, I signed up to this label and it's pretty shitty. Right. So let me make my own subdivision and sign people that I like to make sure they don't get this kind of treatment as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's a way you can look out for your... It's you can protect people in your group as well as protecting yourself by separating yourself from the, the big conglomerate. And I get it. But and that, yeah. and That's the ideal. Right. That's what you would want. But I think what happens maybe like half the time is what it really is, is it's just a way for the artist to make more money. Right. <laughs> Because what ha- what happens is instead of, you know, having to just pay that label, what happens is you, you sign up to this, this guy's label, and now your money goes through him and the label. Exactly. So you're getting less of a cut. Yep. It's, so it's more hands on, just... On that label. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, more hands, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's... And, and we'll get into it a little more. Um, but let's see. Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay, so... Like I said, these labels are basically just sub-labels of the three larger groups, um, the, which I don't even know if I did mention them technically yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, and they are yeah, a means UMG of allowing... And what's yeah, UMG, Sony, and uh, uh, Warner. Uh, right. Warner Music Group. Um, and under those three, everything. And pretty much everything. Yeah, just about, like, even, like, I mean, Interscope, like, Def Jam, all these things that you're thinking of, they're all part of the one of the big three music groups. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, we'll get in there. Um, but these are more of like a means of allowing artists to bring in new talent, like you said, uh, and kind of groom them to become successful assets to the major label, uh, meaning money, like you said. (laughs) Um, I didn't, I don't really mean to imply that in an inherently evil way, uh, but it does typically end up like that. Um, 
And we'll talk about this later, I think, but, like, let's just take two extreme examples, like, look like, like, Rock Nation, mm-hmm. I think, on paper, and for the most part, it does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Like, they care about their artists. No one ever complains on a Rock Nation, right? Right. And then on the opposite spectrum, uh, we were talking about this earlier today, you have Cash Money. Right. <laughs> where every single person who's ever been on Cash Money, oh my god. This- they they complain and then they dipped. Yeah, except for Wayne, yeah. And then he left, too. And I think Blueface is on uh, the most current person. Is Blueface. Did he sign uh, Cash Money? Single- so he signed to WAC 100, mm-hmm. right? Who is signed to Cash Label. Uh, who is signed to Universal. Right. So that's about six different, you know, four or five entities mm-hmm. that, that's going through. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but these these smaller labels do also highlight another function of labels, and that is creating or influencing an artist's image. Um, you, like, by signing with a certain label, you're basically becoming a protege to the artist. Um, you're... you're gonna be people are gonna have certain expectations about you um i remember this happening pretty vividly i don't know if you remember with like travis scott when he first came out and kanye signed him and like he was on good music for a little bit and everyone was like oh shit like travis scott's the new kanye like he's about to be like legendary (laughs) like i don't know if you remember that but i remember that yeah um, and then he made a eventually Cactus Jack, right? Right, and that's I, that is actually just an imprint within Good Music, so it is technically still right. under Good Music. And Good Music, from what I've heard really recently, is barely a thing now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it just like, Pusha T in charge now? Quote unquote runs it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's doing anything. Right, I don't think he is. He doesn't. I mean, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a paper title. Right. <laughs> it really is. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, it's the good music. And good, good music is one of those things that is kind of more about the aesthetic than anything else. Like saying, if you're signed to good music, like you're really just signed to. I don't. Which one is it? Is it? I think it's Interscope. I think it's yeah, but I think that's Sony, isn't it? I don't remember. It gets confusing. Uh, it be, yeah. I, I should keep this shit straight, but. Um, it would be a giant flow chart. Right. It really would be. It would be like that episode of It's Always Funny, with Charlie trying to like keep all the <laughs> things straight. Peppy Sylvia. Um, <clears throat> okay, so generally, Kanye's over there, <laughs> right? Generally, these smaller labels aren't going to have as much direct influence on an artist, like literal appearance, lifestyle, and aesthetic. Um, it's more of like a passive cosign kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's like a name. It's like a patch on a jacket. Right. It's like, oh, I'm he's my boy. Like, I I make music with exactly. him, so like you're gonna like this stuff too. Um, my but, features will be cheaper for him. Right, exactly. You'll 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 see your friends more on this shit. Like that's what like ASAP Rocky does. <laughs> He's always like featuring ASAP like, Mob. Yeah. Like they're always featuring like their up and coming boys. Like that's how Playboy Cardi got like so popular. Like. Right. It's, it's, well, so you know the difference between like Og and ASAP Mob. Like, what is that? Yeah, I I think Og is meant to be like their art collective, which is separate from the, the okay, musical yeah. side. I'm not sure. But they're all both under ASAP Mob. Right. It's all part of... But they're even... That's even more complicated. If, yeah, if we start getting into, like, rap collectives yeah. and stuff, this will just be a fucking headache. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> because that's, like, a way of doing independent music that is kind of different. Um, and, I mean, you can see it with, like, Brockhampton. But does Brockhampton... Do they have a deal? Does Brockhampton have a deal? They do. A okay. huge deal. Yeah. Okay. With, uh, I think, Warner. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, it's, I think it was like a $10 million deal. Yeah, I think I remember that. Now that you're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, no, uh, sorry, with RCA. Yeah, with his division of Sony. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's got a deal. If, you, if you've heard of them, they probably got a deal, except for, like, Bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bones don't got a deal. Right. Um, deal is. Yeah, you, you no deals. Session. Smoke session. <laughs> um, yeah, but let's see. The the major Honestly, labels. Like, no deal works a lot for some people. It does. I mean, it works if it's part of your aesthetic to have no deal and to right. be dealless. Um, but it's yeah. I don't know. It's, it's if you have a solid fan base. That's the thing is you have it. to build it up through other means. You had to right. be like, you had to be like Bones, mm-hmm. where you're putting out like a million songs and like mixtapes every fucking month and like <laughs> doing this crazy shit. Or Lil B. Right, Lil B. Right, like just you had to have a cult but I following. I think he signed a deal. I think he did. I mean, people yeah, realize pretty quickly. Though, recently, yeah, he's he's profitable. He's <laughs> people like listening to him either ironically or not at this point, but it's still. There, there was a time when I could listen to Will Be Unironically, but I don't hear sure. it anymore. You remember uh, when O5 Fuckum came? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a hundred songs, right? Yeah, it was. I listened to maybe like songs, 20 of them, like more than once, but still, that's a pretty good ratio. It's not bad. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, before I start talking about the individual cases of uh, this stuff... Uh, I want to discuss some industry-wide corruption stuff that we've been hearing a lot about these days. Uh, with the rise of streaming, there has been, uh, or there was, a certain, well, not certain, an uncertainty surrounding the prevalence of uh, these corporations and the, the, their ability to continue uh, in the modern day, given that people are no longer purchasing music physically or digitally. Uh, initially, some companies were hesitant to put their music on, or not their music, the music that they owned the rights to, uh, on streaming services because they would be competing with their traditional profit sources um, like sales and radio play. Uh, but that uncertainty did not last long because music labels uh, pretty immediately realized that the commercial potential of streaming was way, way, way larger than they initially thought. Um, and they began putting their music on services with like exclusivity deals and all this bullshit and like all kinds of stuff happening. Um, but eventually it worked out to be, they were getting about half of the revenue from streamed plays, um, which was generated through like advertising and stuff like that. So, um, and it's funny because if you look at uh, sales from like, I don't know, like the early 2000s, late 90s, mm-hmm. like first week sales would get to be like 500 to like 600,000, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen anymore. No, not so at all. So you would think that maybe these days there's less money being made it's the opposite right they're making there's so much a, more they're making so much more money because yeah. there's just so much more music mm-hmm. exactly yeah they I, I mean everyone has a million artists and if it's three corporations that are proper, profiting from like every artist making right. commercial music then there's just so like an enormous amount of money in there um, and they only every week there's a big release and they only have to give these kids like a million dollars you know like they just have to give give Lil Pump two million bucks and he's like alright sweet I'm fucking rich as hell I got I got my deal I'm good and then whatever like he's set and they didn't really have to spend can more than a day's profit that? can we talk about advances or should we save that for later uh, we can talk about it a little bit if you want yeah fuck it I don't think I have that in here so <laughs> a little bit yeah like, that's what happens when you sign a deal with these labels or anything you mm-hmm. get an advance mm-hmm. one million two million three million now an advance and like a signing bonus and like a regular, you know, deal payout or three different things. 
Right. And most of the time, it's an advance. An advance means you have to pay it back. Right. Exactly. An advance, if, you, if they give you $3 million or like $500,000 as an advance, that means that they're going to be taking a huge chunk out of your profit. Every single until time that you get paid, that. forever. Every single time. Every single time you get paid, forever. <laughs> yeah. Until it hits that 500000 which they might have put interest on. Right. And they probably did if they were if they're actually doing right. this right. <laughs> and it's a really fucked thing. Mm-hmm. It happens every day. And it tricks kids. these kids that like don't really know much better because they don't they've never had they've never seen money really in their lives like that. Like it's you see two million dollars and you just say fuck yes. I you're like I I don't care what the terms are and you sign I whatever. Need it. I'm rich. Yeah. And it's like okay, I finally got my deal. That's what I needed, the deal. And it's like no, dude, like think about the deal like i'll read read the fucking thing get a lawyer like i don't like it's yeah i don't know um that old megan the stallion thing right yeah the megan the stallion story we're we're gonna get there i don't know if, if we're gonna get there today um but <clears throat> uh so many stories there are a lot of stories i mean it's really one of those topics like i said it's everywhere um but mm-hmm. here, I will say, uh, recently, Spotify has started allowing independent artists to distribute their own music through Spotify, um, through themselves, cool. or through personal managers, um, <clears throat> which isn't, like, super important to the story, I guess, but it's still relevant. Um, but this would mean that an artist can retain the ownership of the rights to their music uh, while still getting distribution on the same platform that is used by these labels. Um, so. Right. They get distribution. Right. Now it's up to them for promotion. Right. They don't. Yeah. They're not getting the same. They're not getting. You know, ads for their new album. They're not getting put on the front of the playlist on Spotify. They're not getting all that shit. It's a huge thing now. Yeah, that's such a weird new thing, but it's it's huge. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But because these labels found a way to profit off these services, you already know that they found a way to cheat them to make more money. (laughs) Uh. So. There have been a few reports of stream manipulation, um, just like using bots to stream a particular artist repeatedly to boost plays, uh, and or straight up just inflating reported stream numbers in order to increase the artist's royalties. <clears throat> like that has allegedly happened a couple times. Um, and who do we know, Flynn, who do we know that has inflated their stream so heavy? Uh, I I forget who was who was in the article. Was it Mr. Kanye? Mr. French Montana. Oh yeah, French. Oh well, yeah, of course. Fuck, I, how could I have forgotten about that? <laughs> that that yeah. That rat. So that. he was using bots, right? Yeah, he was. His label was hiring, creating bots, hiring companies to make bots to straight up famous music, and not only that, but to literally hack into people's Spotify right and play his singles. On so Spotify. crazy. Just slip it in there. <laughs> like, it's like Bono times three. It's like a whole nother level. And he, and he still can't sell. No, and he still didn't make it to number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy the lengths that they go to and, like, think that people aren't going to notice because, like, I, I mean, like, it's just so weird. Like, people on the internet are sitting around watching this shit all the time. Like, you think they're gonna, not going to notice? I don't right. know. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um... Yeah, but this is also in addition to like all this illegal shit. Uh, is also in addition to the not illegal shit, but it's just generally kind of scummy and shitty, uh, and has become much more commonplace, uh, especially in hip hop, where artists basically make like a twenty-five to thirty song album, uh, which with each song clocking in at around two minutes, 
Um, and in the case of uh, Chris Brown, he actually made a 45-song uh, album. So shout out to that, <laughs> I guess. Um, I think Drake had a, a Scorpion. Yeah, was Scorpion, a Scorpion was a double, so it was like, what, 30 or something? I don't, but it's, 30, yeah, yeah like 30, 34. I don't, yeah, uh, but it's that's crazy. It's just insanity, and like they're like I said, all oh, these no, songs Migos, are uh, culture too. Culture too. That was like the first one I that people started noticing because yeah. it was all filler. It was all just bullshit. Um, so much filler. Yeah, and they're all all these songs are I around two say, minutes. I did like one or two songs. Yeah, I like it. two. Yeah, but that's it. Um, they're, they're filler. They're short. They're bullshit, um, and they fill it up with just just garbage songs that would normally have been cut. Um, but they're exploiting a particular rule within streaming that makes uh, 1,500 individual song plays count as an album sale uh, for the purposes of chart placements. Uh, so basically, um, in order to get, uh, like, uh, you basically, if you if, if, if 1,500 uh, times someone plays a song from your album, even if it's just one song, even if it's just a single, that technically counts as a an an album sale um because right. that has been played enough times i guess to count as an album sale i don't i'm not quite sure why it works out that way it's just a way that they had it, to figure it, it out crazy to me is like you're absolutely right about the logic of like they make them longer so they'll get more plays right mm-hmm. but if all these albums are tracked then who's playing it more than one well that's Wouldn't the it thing be smarter to make a shorter album that's really good right Valuable people just keep playing it over and over again instead of making a 30 song album that I played two times, you know. Mm-hmm. And we are that is that is a fact. Uh, there are there are some uh, artists such as Kanye West who I don't remember. I mean, sure you remember the uh, the short mm-hmm. the seven song series or whatever where they were all Daytona. very very short. Daytona is a testament to that. Right. I mean, it, all those albums were great because they were so short, and I remember like vividly when I was listening to them, I would just play them over and over again. Playing over and over again, yeah, yeah. it was so great. Great summer. Yeah. It was a great summer. Yeah, it was a great summer. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, was it 2018? Yeah. 2018, I think. Every other week or every week, it was a different like hot album. Yeah, exactly. And it was you could just play it nonstop, and it wouldn't get old or it wouldn't get tiring because it was only seven songs, and they were all you know about a minute and a half. What was the name of that? What was the name of the Kanye Kid Cudi album? Kid C Ghost. Yeah, Kid C Ghost and Daytona I played over and over. over I played Kid C Ghost and Ye a lot, but I did play Daytona oh, a decent sure. amount. <clears throat> um, I still listen to Daytona. Yeah, but like like you said, that is that is a better idea, honestly, in my opinion, because then people will remember mm-hmm. it as being a, a solid piece rather than a piece of bloated bullshit like Culture Two. Um, but well, I guess there's just so many diehard Migos and Drake fans that actually would just keep it playing right. over and over again. Well, and that that actually relates to the Justin Bieber thing. I don't know if you, uh, you've you heard about that at all. Uh, what, what About Yummy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Just him like telling people to play his song on silent, oh, yeah. or like very softly yeah. but not on silent, and like in the background of everything he, they were doing on repeat. <laughs> he started to make like Vine challenges. Right. He was making TikTok TikTok channels TikTok challenges. He was doing all these things where it was like, please, Peter. Right. Exactly. So like you can see how these 
streaming manipulation techniques don't really work if they're coming from the artists themselves because it comes across as mm-hmm. desperate and cringy as fuck. And then, and then you look at the person he was competing against. Right. You look at Roddy My Rich. My boy Roddy Rich, not right? saying shit, just letting the label do the, their job. Anything, <laughs> like, not saying anything. Not saying anything. Letting the music speak for itself. And it's still, for the ninth week in a row, the number one song. In- yep. And Yummy is 40. Number four. So bad. So bad. Mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah. Um, I think it'll always win. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, time to get into the real meat here, which means we're close-ish to the end, but this is enough to talk about to bring us there, so we're good. Um, Some real brisket. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's see. I want to introduce the first major label uh, and give a little bit of background on them. Uh, So the Universal Music Group, or UMG, as it currently exists, began in 2004 when it was separated from Universal Studios and taken over by French media conglomerate Vivendi. So there you go. UMG is actually owned by another company. I did not know that, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they were just a French company. Um, There's a lot more like merging corporate bullshit stuff that I don't really want to get into because it's not super interesting. But if you want to look into that, by all means, feel free. Uh, There will be a link in the show notes. So come on down to flimmerglockin.com, check it out, and you can, can, or you can just go to Wikipedia and type in UMG. (laughs) That's also useful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but there's currently a ton of labels under the Universal umbrella. And I'm going to go through a few right now, mainly the bigger ones. Um, Interscope. Like I said, Capital, Republic, Def Jam, uh, 50 Cent's Caroline Records. Uh, those are the big ones that you might know. Like DECA, let's see, DECA, EMI. EMI is big, yeah. Yeah, Top Dog is under Interscope. Uh, Shady Records. Oh, yeah. is... Isn't Top Dog more of those group things we were talking about, like mm-hmm. music? Yeah. Did you know that Will I Am has an, uh, a label? Is anybody on there? Uh, let's find out. <clears throat> uh, other than Will I Am, there are popular artists such as Fergie, Macy Gray, Cheryl, and Sergio Mendez signed to the label. Macy so. Gray, wow. Yeah, right. And Fergie, at least. Um, is he holding her album on lock? <laughs> probably, <laughs> dude. Probably. Um, so Macy Gray is like really good. Not gonna lie. True. There you go. Oh, wait, it might Spider-Man not be two. around anymore. Spider-Man 1? I can't tell. All right, well, uh, whatever. Let's go back. Let's see who else is on here. Oh, and J. Cole's, right? J. Cole's thing? Is that a thing? Uh, yes. Where are they? Oh, Dreamville. Yeah, they're on Interscope. Dreamville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it seems to me like a lot of the hip-hop ones are from Interscope. Interscope and uh, Def Jam especially are, like, pretty much... Uh, yeah they're they run they run hip-hop but it seems like umg kind of has a hold on hip-hop in general because <clears throat> um, i mean they have g unit is, is rca its own thing or is that part of one of those three rca i feel like they're part of a, another one i think they got they, they were one of those merge you know, the victims to one of the merges oh they're from sony i think yeah i think you're right yeah um, yeah but rca is pretty big right now too yeah but there's a lot. Oh, Disney. I didn't know that Universal. Oh, Universal distributes Disney. Okay. 
So that's another thing that I don't even have the time to try to get into. Oh, Motown Records France, shout out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of um, just distribution stuff that goes into this too, where like someone isn't technically signed to a label or anything. They're just using their services uh, in one respect or another, be that management or distribution or production. Um, and you don't sign on a full deal. So you're like, you know, protecting yourself from some of the bullshit that comes yeah. along with it, but you still have to play the game in order to, you know, get what you want. But whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. <clears throat> um, but. It's a silly game we play. Hmm? It's a silly game. Oh, it is. It is a silly, silly game. Um, but the label that I really want to talk about under the Universal Music Group t- t- label, t- title, whatever, um, is, of course, as we mentioned earlier, Cash Money Records. Uh, So if you're a fan of hip-hop at all, then you will know that one of the most famous artist label disputes in music history, probably, I don't know, that's unsubstantiated, but I'm going to say it, uh, is between Lil Wayne and Birdman. Um, Would you agree with that? 100%. There we go. So, um, Birdman, also known as Brian Williams, apparently, also known as Baby, uh, and Lil Wayne, Wayne Carter, Dwayne Carter, uh, met when Wayne was only <laughs> eight and a couple of years, eight years old, uh, and a couple of years later took him under his wing and uh, served as a kind of father figure of sorts. Um, and I put an asterisk here uh, saying, if you kiss your dad on the lips and your dad procured prostitutes for you to lose your virginity at the age of like 13 and supplied you with like cocaine and drugs and lean and all kinds of shit and just kind of corrupted you and made your life miserable and yeah so if your dad did all that shit to you then he's just like your dad huh doesn't sound miserable to me yeah it sounds pretty tight until but if you were 13 that does sound sounds pretty bad if you're 13 and you had to kiss your dad on the lips a lot and yeah let's talk about that really yeah, we can just get sidetrack that because it's it is very important. Because uh, yeah, the lip kissing. <laughs> um, apparently, everyone did it. Says Wayne. I I've heard him say in interviews that everyone on the label and everyone associated with uh, Birdman kissed him on the lips, but I don't believe that. <laughs> um, at all. You don't believe that? No, because I I've never seen Drake kissing kissing Birdman, and um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, you know what? This is sad to say, but it was, uh, Wayne was like 11, 12, right? Right. So he kind of just like indoctrinated him, raised him in that crazy shit. Absolutely. Like, he yeah, groomed him. That was his, that was his yeah. That, that's his norm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, Lil Wayne's life got so fucked up by this dude, like, just beyond the actual, like, the, the legal shit and all the stuff that, like, comes up later. <clears throat> like, the way that uh, this the relationship between these two guys is like so it 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 just points out like the inherent abuse of a relationship between a manager and an artist that just like they want him like baby birdman whatever if he really i mean regardless of how much he actually did care about lil wayne he still saw him as an asset uh, throughout the whole thing and like wanted him to succeed and do well so that he could make money off of him and like yeah. wanted him to have a particular lifestyle in order to live the life 
Like, it's, like, he just fucked him, dude. Like, it's so weird. And, like, his mom didn't want him I, to I, hang I will, out with him. I will say, like, even though, like, to any average person, like, the amount of things that have happened to Lil Wayne at that young age, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be really, really messed up. But Lil Wayne is pretty, he's okay. I mean, he's not, I'm pretty sure okay. Yeah. He's not bad. Like, he's okay. Yeah. Like, that is a tough guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He, a lot. He, was, he became a millionaire at, like, 13, 14 I mean, is it like Williams? Right, and I mean, and that's about it. And the shit he went through, dude. Like, I mean, just like, I mean, the 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 the, like I said, he Birdman literally when Wayne was like thirteen, fourteen, like twelve, something around that age. He like this is from an interview with Lil Wayne. Um, He like called. He got a couple of hoes together, whatever, and he sent them into a room with Wayne and, like, went in with them Mm -hmm. and, like, watched them all three have sex. And, like, Birdman was sitting there watching. Like, like... His hand rub. Like, Wayne was just, like, getting raped and, like, his dad, his father figure was, like, just sitting there, like, and made it happen. And it's like, what the fuck? Rubbing his hands, looking. Yeah, rubbing, doing the Birdman thing. And it's like, dude, like, I don't know. Like, he really... It's amazing that Lil Wayne is okay. Like, truly. Like, I'm surprised he isn't dead given, like, the shit that he has had to go through. Right. And, like, yeah. He's um, still killing it. And that's not even, like I said, not even getting into what really happened uh, later on. Uh, so, we'll get there. So, let's see. Um, kind of shows how smart he really is, huh? That, absolutely. I mean, if he's still... I mean, he's... Yeah. Um, still making music. Still giving out, like, top... Bars, ten out of ten bars. Still, yeah, still fucking hilarious. Yeah, still killing it. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So that was a, a big old sidetrack, but uh, <laughs> Birdman signed Wayne to the label, uh, Cash Money Records, uh, in a duo with some other guy. I don't. I forgot what is. I didn't write it down. Juvenile wasn't was Juvenile at the same time? Was I don't. It, I, he might have signed Juvenile at the same time, but it wasn't with Juvenile. He didn't. Sign, he did. He you turned what, up the Hot Boys later. Cash Money got started. Uh, that was like, I want to say like two years later, like 1997, but I'm, yeah. I, yeah, um, way early. Yeah. But either way, Wayne was on the label at 12. He was signed at 12. Um, crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just had a, a very successful career with them as far as the public knew. Um, as far as we knew, Wayne was super rich and just living that luxurious lifestyle and, uh doing whatever the hell he wanted turns out that was not really the case um turns out that baby had been stealing pretty much everything and had just been taking all of the royalties and money that he had been earning for his entire career from him <laughs> and hadn't given him given given him any of the money and just like gave him the shit to live the lifestyle but didn't give him any money and was basically just like controlling every single aspect of Lil Wayne's life so um yeah um, and it's funny because as I was reading about this, like besides Lil Wayne, there was many people who signed on, you know, mm-hmm. to this label. Yeah. And I would say from like ninety six, ninety seven, two thousand eight, many many people came and went, but Lil Wayne stayed. Yep, he was faithful the entire time. He, I mean, he called Full Birdman time. Daddy. I mean, he was he never left. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. I mean, he really was. Was a son. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, after after years of... Huh? 
I said, and then he found out. He finally found out. I think. What do you think? Like broke that. Play? Like what? What? What made that happen? Made it. Did you made read what? a piece of paper? Did you read the accounts? And it was like, wait. A... Uh. So basically, it seems like he just kind of like got tired of it. I mean, um, mm-hmm. he said he was tired of the the label controlling his album release, um, especially pertaining to right. the Carter that was Five. The biggest thing. Yeah, I think it was mainly the Carter Five that really struck a chord yeah. because like. Birdman kept on saying like, "Nah, we'll get it out, bro. We're getting it out. Like, it'll it's coming. Don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna let you put it out soon." And he just never let him do it, and he wouldn't do it. And it's like, yeah. you can't restrict an artist who just like he really like he people been waiting for like years and years for that album, and it just he wouldn't let him put it out. And it's like, it was ready. And like when I heard the Carter Five, I could tell that it was ready years and years ago, because <laughs> like so many of those songs sounded like. Uh, so outdated i was like this is like like why didn't why couldn't he just put this shit out it's just an album but it's it was more than that i guess for them because it was like they're just this weird control balanced like power thing um i think even the carter four was like held back yeah and i think he had been having issues with with baby and like had been like more vocal and like interviews and stuff and i think that's when like I think Carter Four was around when he started like tweeting and like saying shit about Baby, and like dissing him in songs and stuff. Um, you want to know something funny? Mm-hmm. When I was in, I was in Miami, twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. and I saw a billboard for the Carter. Really? Yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> it was next to the Heat poster. It was like a billboard for the Carter. I was like, "Oh, Carter Five's coming out," and that was twenty thirteen. That's so crazy. And the Carter Five came out, I think. A few months ago. Yeah, it came out in like November or something. <laughs> yeah, not insane. Right, like, or I guess it came out. No, it came out like a. Little, it came out last year, uh, but still. Yeah, but like still 2019. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like that's it's it took so long. Um, I mean, Jesus. And but, I would say that's like the that's the biggest gripe artists probably have, and how you really find out the label is shitty mm-hmm. is when. They're like, I can't release music. Like, I want to put out this music. I mean, that's what happened with Lil Uzi and Eternal Take. Um, and Absolutely. that came out. And Megan Thee Stallion. That was, they have with Megan Thee Stallion. It happened with Megan Thee Stallion. It happened. I mean, it seems to happen a lot. I mean, it happened with, um, mm-hmm. let's see. It happened with uh, Kid Cudi, I think, too. Yeah, that's wow. why Kid Cudi got frustrated and left, right? And, like, took that time yeah. off. Um, oh, Designer, I think, too. Well, that's why he, I mean, Designer just fell off because of that, though. <laughs> Yeah, right, 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 but I mean, he could have put out music. Right, because right, they were trying to hold it off until like the right time or something, and then they just missed yeah. it, right? I remember, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, there was an interview I, about that. I think that. Uh, Stray had a label, Dr. Dre's label, the big one, Aftermath, right? They Aftermath, yeah. Go, who just got shelved. That's the thing, that's the term, right? Mm-hmm. Shelved. shelved, yep. And that's a thing, and it is, there is something to be said about that. Um, some one of the responsibilities of a label is artist development is what they call it and that would be you know training your artists to become better better equipped to do their job and make better music or you know meet the the aesthetic that they're trying to achieve or whatever and that is a legitimate purpose and that is something that i don't have necessarily a problem with um but it it's like it seems to happen with bigger labels and it happens with smaller labels for a different reason. But with bigger labels, like they'll shelve an artist just because they don't think it's the right time or something for them. And they don't think it's like the moment, but they have all these like 
artists in like in the back like just like they're all clones of like another artist you know like i don't know yeah. if you've heard of like do you remember like icy narco and like that like all those weird little pump clones that happened like right when little pump yeah. came out and they're those guys i think those guys still exist but they're just like shelved until like and, the, and kid boo kid right boo. right oh. i mean there's just these clones that happen of like current artists that are just like they just make up another one and they hold on to them until it's the right time. And that happens so much. And like, there are so many just shitty SoundCloud artists that have deals that like, I I don't know how they get them, but I guess it's because someone's like, yeah, we can use that later eventually maybe, or we can use them as a writer. Right. And a lot of them get deals like way, way back. Like yeah. you, some people get deals where you'd be like, really? Here's a deal? Right. And then they come out and it's like, oh, wow. Like. I mean, like Smoke Perp and stuff. Like, I think Smoke Perp had a deal before Lil Pump. Like, really? I think so. If I mean, he was at least writing that. before Lil Pump was like famous. So I don't know. Lil Pump can read. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I guess back to Lil Wayne and Birdman. Um. 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 Yeah. Okay. They were so they're doing their things. They were doing their thing. They were. And then and then I think what really... We were talking about what broke the camel's back. I think when he signed Drake and Nicki... Mm-hmm. And they were both doing super well. What was and it? And they immediately realized that they were getting fucked. Right. Well, they it was with Young Money, too. I mean, anyone on Young Money was just getting fucked in addition to Wayne. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, Wayne was getting fucked double because Young Money was supposed to be his... And he was supposed to be yeah, like able to profit well, off of it, and it just didn't belong to him, and and it hardly even belonged to Birdman. Like it was basically universal. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the fucked up thing here is this whole thing was basically universal. Um, so a year after uh, he complained, he started complaining about the album in 2014. Um, he sued the label for 51 million dollars, uh, claiming that they had failed to pay him anything from his work uh, or any of the artists on his sub-label, Young Money, as we said, and was basically mm-hmm. just living off of, like, an allowance from Birdman and, like, mm-hmm. just whatever Birdman was willing to let him do and give him to do. So that's kind of fucking shitty, and he'd been doing that for his whole career in, like, his, like two decades. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And this legal battle lasted until 2016, when Wayne was finally released from his contract and paid a settlement by not Birdman, uh, not Cash Money you know Records. How much? You know how much? Uh, I think it was like two or twenty million or two million or <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let me see. Not enough. Let me see. I have an article here. Do you remember that whole incident with Birdman at the Breakfast Club? It's two million. Two million dollars. Uh, oh man. Oh no, eight million dollars for the advance for Carter 5 and then 2 million after 2 million after, so 10 million dollars but it's not coming from Birdman or Cash Money it was coming from Universal, Universal. it came from the, the major label <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's kind of fucked uh, but what about Birdman? I was saying you remember the, the Breakfast Club thing? Uh, vaguely I watched like a snippet he, of it when he, you remember when he came up to the Breakfast Club for like with like 20 people <laughs> No. And he was like, put respect on my name. I don't remember that. I remember them talking yeah. shit about him, but I don't yeah. remember that. No, it's it's a literally it's a two minute video. <laughs> it was like, it's a Birdman interview, right? Supposed 
and he comes up he sits down there's 20 people in the room <laughs> all shit. his voice and before the interview even starts he goes put respect in right. like why are you even talking shit on me oh my and Charlemagne everyone just like frozen holy shit and he just like gets up and walks out you never seen that video no it's, it's hilarious but well, so right. after that video Hot 97 had an interview Birdman and mm. it was at Birdman's house um, in Birdman's house everything was gold I'm sure. Like the chairs were gold, the walls were gold. Oh my he had God. a throne that was gold. I was like, "Where did he get all his money from?" Well, like, all he's been stealing money from people for decades. Yeah, I mean, he's literally just a <laughs> fucking corrupt piece of crap. Um, I hope Birdman comes to my door and tells me to put respect on his name because that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he will. I hope Blueface gets out of his deal. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, pray for Blueface, everyone. Thoughts and prayers for Blueface. Um. <laughs> Okay, so I think I'm going to wrap up my whole deal here. Um, and we're pretty much close we to We haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, we haven't even That's scratched the surface. That's insane. That's, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I wrote more than I thought I was going to for this episode. So, it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be multiple parts. Um, yeah, like you said, we barely scratched the surface. We got a lot more to cover. But this time, or next time, I guess, we can just get right into the juicy drama we don't need any of this intro bullshit you know how this shit works already now you know now you know the terms and everything right and if you don't know the terms yet you have time to study before we get into the next one so Mm -hmm. there you go um yeah and hopefully next time we record this we'll see but we'll see maybe we'll be able to record in person i'm gonna be in maryland next month anyway so it's possible that we'll be able to record in person That'd be cool are you coming Uh, down anytime soon i'm going to ocean city but i'm not actually gonna really be in maryland that long um but hopefully know. soon yeah we meet up we will see i don't know if we'll do the next part together but if there's a part three right there's a good chance we'll get that together <laughs> and this this part two won't be the next episode also birdcast part two is coming next week mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. two weeks from now mm-hmm. but um yeah so so much we'll contact in this guy mm-hmm. um yeah but that's all i really got for this one um i appreciate you being here eddie your knowledge has been helpful and anytime man It'll be even more helpful next time, I'm sure, because we'll have plenty of time to prepare. So yeah, um, we can talk. We can talk shop for days. Right. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you all for listening. And thanks for uh, having me on, man. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Always. You're always welcome. You're our. Uh, you're everyone's second favorite guest because you're the second most on here guest. So. Uh, yeah. You're my I favorite. Your guest, artwork, though. and I'll be the first. Nice. All right, well, um, cool. Thanks again, man. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Good night. And uh, see y'all later.